Hey everyone, it's Sam, that girl with the curls, and um, yeah, you'll notice that there isn't really an intro to this, this is just me straight talking, um, because quite frankly that's the world we're living in now where any amount of effort seems to just be like, whatever. Um, sorry, uh, you'll notice that the last episode, if you were so inclined to listen to it, uh, featured me going on about how I believed Hillary Clinton would be the next president of the United States. Uh, I was apparently very wrong in that regard because the country is messed up of that much I am now fully cognizant of, uh, aware. Um, I mean, I knew things were, were bad. I'm not an idiot. But yeah, way to go white people. Just wow. Just wow. Like, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's been over a month since the last episode, and I just couldn't think of what to do. I couldn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. I mean, it was like being, it still feels like you're in a rut. Like, you don't quite know what to do with yourself. I mean, and everyone kind of processes things in their own way. Um, I had the fortunate situation of being on the other side of the country. Um, I was in, uh, I was on the East Coast uh, during when the election occurred um, for for work purposes, and I was there for the better part of of November, uh, and so witnessing certain things. Uh, I was in the Baltimore area for the most part, and but traveled to Philly one weekend and was treated to some interesting graffiti on the walls uh, outside of my hotel. Um, which, it's just weird, because you're, I mean, I'd gone to Philadelphia as a kind of a, a, a day, you know, a weekend trip just to get away from the work I was actually doing, because that was already stealing parts of my soul, which didn't help on the day of the election, because, and the, and the day after, and preceding days, basically, because you're in a situation you don't really want to be in in the first place, you know, where you're you're being sent off by your company to fix some mistakes, quite frankly, <laughs> and uh, and then have to kind of keep processing all of this, you know, away from home. And and you know, if you're if if you've listened to this for uh, as long as it's been going, because I think this is technically episode seventy-eight. I think I, I didn't look up, but whichever episode, I think it's seventy-eight. Um, you you should know by now that I, I live in Washington State, uh, which, you know, in the King County area, which is the liberal of liberals up in, in Washington, it's basically what makes us go blue um, every time because of the concentrated amount of uh, Democrat or, or liberal people. Um, whereas it's I think it was one of those weird things, too, because when I went to school, I went up to Bellingham, which is, again, another liberal area, at least that part where the college is. Um, Bellingham is in Whatcom County, and uh, this was years back, years back. Um, I was helping a friend with a, a campaign for a local representative, and I had no idea how uh, conservative some areas of Washington are. I just, you know, those those little bubbles that get burst over time. That was one of them. Uh, and then outside of college, um, as you look at more and more areas of the country where you're just like, I, I don't, I, I guess I just didn't know. I didn't think 
uh, I mean, again, I'm not an idiot. I, I've studied history. I've studied social history. I've studied all kinds of things. But there's, I guess, no, not I guess, I know there's a difference between reading stuff in books and experiencing the actual world in which you live. And the thing is that Washington and the certain areas that I've encountered have been very liberal places. So my bubble, though had been burst a couple of times by other things, certainly still was very much intact because of the area in which I live and, you know, lived, live, and have grown up in um, and have, have developed in. And I'm not saying it's the best place in the world. Um, certainly on the West Coast, there's a lot more passive-aggressive um, racism and prejudice that go on, certainly. Um, but I really thought that we could just all agree, I mean, I mean, most of us, a good majority of us would just agree that, you know, Donald Trump is not qualified for this. He's on every level unqualified to be the leader of, of ostensibly the free world, which it's going to get a lot less free now that all this shit's been going on. And, uh, yeah, so I was in Baltimore when that all happened and through most of November was experiencing, um, kind of what was going on on the East coast though. I mean, really not a lot because I was also inside a warehouse for the majority of the day in the first place. So you've really only got, you know, news channels if you're so inclined to watch them and really depress yourself or Twitter, which again, if you're so inclined, um, to, to peruse constantly, which I sometimes do, uh, and question that, uh, masochistic, I think, side of me, because it, and it's, well, maybe it's not even masochism. It's forcing myself to, um, read the articles to, uh, try to not try, but have sympathy and empathy for people who are so outside of my worldview or so outside of my area because that's the only way you can grow as a person. That's the only way you can grow at all. Um, I've, I've done my fair share of growing over the years, but this is beyond me. This is, uh, this is a, a countrywide problem and we all need to, white people, we all need to wake up. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is just, this is fucking ridiculous. I don't even know which timeline this is. It is clearly the darkest, but it could go darker. I think right now, uh, he's not even president yet. And every choice he's been making is just maddening and frustrating and complete waste of space that this human being is. I mean, he's, I, mm, nope, 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 nope. Um, <laughs> this is why I have a therapist normally, but, uh, y'all are here now. <sighs> um, yeah. So the processing part has been a bit more difficult than I really thought it would be. I mean, I come from a pretty resilient stock, but yeah, it's just depressing. And I don't begrudge anyone who hangs on to that depression for quite a long time because there are people in much worse situations than mine who are full on far more threatened by everything that's going to happen um, in the next coming 
four years. Um, or you know what? Hopefully, at least two of you know, at, at least two, because the one thing that this has really emboldened myself and a lot of other people um, is that in two years, all of the seats of Congress, uh, the House and the Senate, or maybe it's just the House, something like that. Anyway, a whole bunch of congressional seats will be up for re-election. I, actually, I think it's all of them. And so that's, that's the goal. The goal now is all of the local elections. It's all of the um, representatives because currently it's, it, the GOP has, has swept the House, the Senate, and the White House. So the next step is to make sure that at least one of those becomes a far more democratic um, I know a lot of people are looking towards that as the next step, and I fully support that. I fully am up for that fight because it's this can't be the world that we're living in. I just, I, I know, and it's your white privilege is showing, Sam. Your white privileges are showing. It's not complete denial, but it's it's just that processing <laughs> denial, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to think about because for this last month since, uh, since the last podcast, it's been difficult to write, um, certainly. I think I maybe put up one or two posts after the election, one kind of reaffirming that um, I'm going to be fighting uh, and, and writing the stories that uh, are needed to be written. Um, it's still going to be pop culture, but... You know, you you have to take a you have to take a moment to kind of reevaluate what you've been doing in moments like this. I think because it challenges you to look at yourself and go like, what were you doing? Were you really accomplishing the goals that you thought that you were, or were you just saying them because you're like, oh well, I totally fight. It's like, do I fight? Do I do I write all the stories that I should be writing or that I would be more useful? Or you know, you try to figure out what you've done or what you didn't do. And so with Maniacal Geek, it's it's a little bit of have a... I mean, I can only, I'm one person, first of all, so there's only so much that can be accomplished by, by one person, um, you know, doing her own thing. But that's less of, less of a reason, more of an excuse. Uh, but at the same time, uh, true nonetheless, um there's only so much I can write about in the course of a day. Uh, only so much time I can spend on certain things. But now it's more or less, mostly more, uh, what is the most important thing to write about? What is the most um, relevant thing to write about? You know, does it apply to what's happening now? And the historian in me goes, well, there's also this hindsight thing where if you write about something in hindsight, it, it can it can mean a bit more in terms of the analysis, or the archivist in me also kind of goes that way too, but that's the thing, is that this world needs more um, activism now. It's like, we can't just sit on the sidelines and go, well, we just have to wait it out a little bit. It's like, no, you, you don't wait it out, not like this. That waiting it out is what got us in this situation. Being complacent got us in this situation. Um, thinking that our representatives would actually help us or save us um, 
from what's happening with all evidence pointing in the direction of, hey, you could have gotten him out. He could have been gone. And we would have lauded you, the Electoral College, because you had your chance uh, to change everything. We would have lauded you as political heroes. But you didn't. And really, the naivete, the naivete of thinking you would is all on us, too. You know, those of us who thought or dreamed that such a thing, such a coup, would actually happen. But no, not so much. So... We push on, we move forward, we look to the the future, which is the the next big step is flipping the house, hopefully. Um, and that's the thing is that we don't we don't get the luxury of complacency anymore. We don't get the luxury of ignorance. We don't get the luxury of turning the other cheek anymore. Like this is a fight now. This is a god. This is a god. Honest to god fight. And, um, especially the Democrats in office, the liberals, you guys got to fight too. Like you can't just stand there on your, your moral high horse on the, in the white tower and, uh, and think that it's all just going to work out because people are inherently good. I don't know. Like that, that seemed to be what people thought with, with Obama as well. Um, when he had his press conference recently. And I apologize if I'm all over the place on this, but this is um, me on the fly thinking, <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be a little rambly. Um, but yeah, the press conference that President Obama had um, earlier this week, where he was basically he's always been a centrist. We you know he's he's left of center, but he's still a little bit more towards the center. He's level headed. He is much more. He's thinking further ahead in terms of making sure that the, uh, what is it? What do I want to say? He's less likely to throw lightning bolts and more likely to try to shake hands, I guess, is the closest I can get to it. He um, is acting like a president. President shouldn't be, supposedly shouldn't be bombastic and, um, you know, uh, eager to uh, destroy something just because it hasn't worked out for them. I mean, we, there's plenty of history behind why that's usually not true, that a lot of presidents have been kind of like, okay, let's go get them, boys. Um, but in this day and age, the glo- you know, if you look at the global climate, the global community, the temperament of a president sets a precedent. Um, and that's precedent with a C... Uh, Trump, yeah, you can tell that you don't know how to spell too good. Um, so yeah, the the fights ahead are the ones to focus on now, and in between those fights, it's it's about being there for for one another. It's about uh, giving where you can. You don't have to give to everything. That's that, I think that's the one thing that you know, we start to, when we're trying to process this, we're like, oh my God, I have to help everyone. I have to do something. And some of that's a lot of like, um, trying to assuage your own guilt. Uh, I totally understand that too. Um, but it should really boil down to like, find a cause that you support that, um, needs help. Um, find a cause, uh, find people you can talk to, find support groups, find, you know, 
whatever you need to do to be healthy um, so that you can keep fighting is good. And, and not to put down all the substances that help you kind of tune out. Um, don't get me wrong, I've had my fair share of uh, whiskey in the last month. Uh, not going to lie. It helps a little bit, but it's not a solution. But none of that stuff is a solution. Um, it's just a temporary fix for a problem that's going to keep keep coming back if we don't all just kind of agree that, yeah, it sucks. Like, this fucking sucks. But we can... There are things we can do. Um, they are not huge gestures all the time. Sometimes they are very small things. But small things eventually culminate into bigger things. And I think that's where we, we lose the focus sometimes. Is everyone thinks it has to be a big, grand, sweeping gesture. And, and, and usually that's not how it, how it works. Like, we have, to, we have to start small. Start small on the local level, and then that keeps building. It builds and it builds and it builds. And that's, you know, again, it's a lot of talk. It's a lot of talk about things that it's still too close to the chest for a lot of people. And I get that. And that's, that's perfectly fine. That's okay. Um, and then it can take a while for these things to work itself out. It's been that way uh, even after uh, Bush was out of office. They, everyone thought Obama was going to change everything. And turns out... He had to work small, too. You know, certain certain things took time. Um, not all of them under his control. I mean, as we've seen, Congress has been pretty obstructionist for the last eight years. So, yeah, uh, I'm not surprised that the Democrats are going to, you know, hopefully they put their actions where their mouths are and um, actually do try to disrupt some things because there's going to be a lot of uh, policy changes coming through that they will have to block, that they will have to do something about, because it's just, it doesn't look good on that front, but as long as they fight it like they say they're going to, um, we can at least keep things from happening. Um, because since the Republicans like to do that, why not us? We want to get on that game, too. Uh, again, rambling, I know. Um, so, uh, yeah. Those are the things that we can do. We can uh, work on the local level. We can be there for each other. Um, again, if the whole, if you see something, report it. Uh, step in if you can. Um, I'm talking to a lot of you white people, myself included. If you see something happening, you know it's wrong. Either get involved um, by putting your body between uh, the aggressor and the, uh, the victim. Uh, record it. Do it, whatever you can. Uh, to make sure that that someone isn't being harassed or someone isn't being violated, um, the thousands of hate crimes that have been committed in the span of two months basically is appalling, and the behavior is appalling that people feel emboldened to do these things. It's 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 again, it's appalling. It's deplorable. It's it, that's all it is. Um, there's only so much forgiveness to go around, and a lot of these people are are really um, trying to push those boundaries. It's not even boundaries. I, I, I don't feel like that is for, uh, forgiving you know, or in need of forgiveness. It is something that needs to be punished. I mean, how, how dare you think you can get away with things like that? Like, ugh, I don't know. Like, 
seeing swastikas, seeing swastikas everywhere and in Trump's name and he does nothing about it is appalling. And I know I've got so many words, right? Uh, (laughs) It's just, it is hard to put into words what has happened in this country in so short of amount of, uh, in, in such a short amount of time, um, that you get to see what's risen to the surface now. So I know this probably won't change a lot of people's minds. I'm either preaching to the choir or someone's listening out of spite. I don't know. I mean, welcome if you have, and woohoo, there you go. Uh, welcome to a half an hour ish of rambling because that is what's happening right now. Um, okay. So local level, take care of each other, take care of yourselves, fight. Um, and that's it. That's, that's the bare minimum that you can do. And turns out that it can actually accomplish quite a lot if, if everyone's doing the same thing. Um, so yeah. And, uh, that's, that's the best I can come up with. It's the It's the only way I can process this now. Um, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things with writing, uh, with doing the podcast. Uh, I'm looking to maybe doing another show that would be much more uh, focused on the archival aspects of, um, I guess, maybe revolutions, rebellions, uh, civil disobedience. I'm looking into it right now. I'm seeing what I can kind of pull off. because I don't necessarily want to take away from this podcast um, or from my own writing, but you know when you get, there's that itch you need to scratch, and that's that's definitely become an itch. Um, it's It's been difficult to, to kind of figure out, like, what what can you do with the skills that you have? Um, so yeah, that's, that's something to maybe look for in the new year, definitely. Um, uh, I can probably say that there will be a Rogue One podcast next year. Um, uh, if maybe, I mean, let's just say this is the last podcast for the year now, and then be pleasantly surprised if a Rogue One one come, a Rogue One podcast comes out after this, because it is always a possibility. But the schedules of myself and my friends uh, when we're trying to do those podcasts is always a little difficult. But we will talk about it, um, as well as it's. Uh, the boycott that happened, the boycott that was so damn effective, you know, like boycotting Hamilton, um, or boycotting Starbucks, because someone didn't tell them what boy scouts, what boy, boy scouts, well, man, if only I was editing this, um, what, what, uh, boycotts actually are, uh, when you give them your money, it's not boycotting. Uh, we, we also didn't really learn that lesson, uh, prior to, because when we, uh, bought all that French wine in protest of, uh, in protest, quote-unquote, of France back in the beginning of the, the halcyon days of the, before the Iraq war, uh, and people were buying French wine and then dumping it, it's like, it, that's not, okay, no one, all right, just do, do what you're doing, that's, that's cool. So again, Bravo. Mission accomplished. Uh, yeah, so, again, uh, Rogue One podcast will probably be the next one to come out, if not in 2016, that it will probably be the first one of 2017, so be pleasantly surprised if it comes out. And, yeah, uh, I will continue with the writing. I'm gonna try to do maybe smaller pieces so it doesn't take up as much time, but if you've read my stuff, you know that even small stuff tends to... 
probably become long-winded. I can't help myself. Um, and so we're going to close this episode out um, because I don't don't feel like rambling for an hour is really what you came here for, and I don't think I could actually talk for that long unless someone like handed me some things to, to talk about because it's all a jumble. It's all... It's all weird, and it's all frustrating, and it's all horrible right now. But there is hope on the horizon. I need to believe that, or else it's just going to be a really depressing holiday. And I have uh, a new nephew to be positive for right now. Um, Certainly for him, this will be uh, a blip in his memory. He will probably not even have a memory of this because... Well, I was born in 84. I was born when the uh, Reagan administration started, and I don't remember jack shit about it. So that's the one thing I can be really happy about with, with him, is that he will not remember this. He will probably have to look at it in a history book at some point, unless they change things, but he won't have an actual memory of, getting, of seeing that fucking Neon Cheeto um, in power. The rest of us will have to, but thankfully he won't. So I can only uh, cross my fingers that Trump doesn't damage us so terribly that the world ends. You know, fire and ice and all that. But um, I'm an avid fan of Greg Proops's uh, podcast, Smartest Man in the World, and he fervently believes that poetry is a, 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 as a means of communication, as a means of solace and solidarity and I, I agree with him on that and so uh, I have I have a few poems I would like to read uh, if if you're not into poetry you can just stop this now and thanks for listening and, and hopefully uh, I, you know you'll continue listening into the new year um, but if if you are so inclined to listen to me read poetry and see how good I am at it which could probably be a no um, I, I've selected three poems um most of the one is very short and a couple are a little long actually one doesn't even really count as a poem but it was funny and so i wanted at least something funny to to close out on too so i'm going to start with the longer poem it is by langston hughes uh who i absolutely adore i've been reading his stuff his poetry his words since uh high school and i always keep coming back to him whenever there's a, a an event that happens that it just it's like, how? How? And who better to kind of put put everything into perspective than a, than a black man? I mean, it's just going to happen. So uh, this poem has been going around on a lot of websites lately, too, and for good reason. Um, it's a poem called Let America Be America Again, and uh, this is coming out of a uh, Every Man's Library Pocket Poet book, which I think I got this at when there used to be a Borders like a long time ago Uh, again it's a longer poem but stick with me and um, yeah so here we go Uh, let America be America again let it be the dream it used to be let it be the pioneer on the plain seeking a home where he himself is free America never was America to me let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed let it be that great strong land of love where never kings connive nor tyrants scheme that any man be crushed by one above. It never was America to me. Oh, let my land be a land where liberty is crowned with no false patriotic wreath, but opportunity is real and life is free. Equality it is in the air we breathe. That's never been equality for me, nor freedom in this homeland of the free. 
Say, who are you that mumbles in the dark? And who are you that draws your veil across the stars? I am the poor white fooled and pushed I am the poor white fooled and pushed apart. I am the Negro bearing slavery scars. I am the red man driven from the land. I am the immigrant clutching the hope I seek and finding only the same old stupid plan of dog eat dog of mighty crush the weak. I am the young man full of strength and hope, tangled in that ancient endless chain of profit, power, gain, of grab that of grab the land, of grab the gold, of grab the ways of satisfying need, of work the men, of take the pay, of owning everything for one's own greed. I am the farmer, bondsman to the soil. I am the worker sold to the machine. I am the Negro servant to you all. I am the hungry humble. I am the people, humble, hungry, mean, I told you. Hungry yet today despite the dream. Beaten yet today. O pioneers, I am the man who never got ahead. The poorest worker bartered through the years. Yet I'm the one who dreamt our basic dream in that old world while still a surf of kings. Who dreamt a dream so strong, so brave, so true, that even yet its mighty daring sings in every brick and stone, in every furrow turned, that's made America the land it has become. Oh, I'm the man who sailed those early seas in search of what I meant to be my home, for I'm the one who left dark Ireland's shore, and Poland's plain, and England's grassy lea, and torn from black Africa's strand I came to build a homeland of the free. The free? Who said the free? Not me. Surely not me. The millions on relief today, the millions shot down when we strike, the millions who have nothing for our pay, for all the dreams we've dreamed and all the songs we've sung and, and all the hopes we've held and all the flags we've hung, the millions who have nothing for our pay except the dream that's almost dead today. Oh, let America be America again, the land that never has been yet, and yet must be, the land where every man is free, the land that's mine, the poor men's, Indians, Negroes, me. Who made America, whose sweat and blood, whose faith and pain, whose hand at the foundry, whose plow in the rain must bring back our mighty dream again? Sure, call me an ugly every call me any nug ugh, here we go. Sure, call me any ugly name you choose. The steel of freedom does not stain. From those who live like leeches on the people's lives, we must take back our land again, America. Oh yes, I say it plain, America never was America to me, and yet I swear this oath America will be. Out of the rack and ruin of our gangster death, the rape and rot of graft and stealth and lies, we the people must redeem the land, the mines, the plants, the rivers, the mountains, and the endless plain. All, all the stretch of these great green states and make America again. So, okay. That was Langston Hughes again. You, you are noticing, you know, rhythm and whatnot. Uh, the next poem is uh, from Rupi Kaur. Uh, and her book, Milk and Honey, which is a beautiful book of poetry. Um, it, it's from the, towards the end of the book, uh, page 158. Um, and so contextually speaking, we're looking at um, a different section of her life that she is writing about. But she addresses this to the readers, and I feel like it's, it's a very uh, prescient poem uh, to use, um, or appropriate, sorry, not prescient, appropriate poem. Uh, to really throw those peas in there. But anyway, it's, uh, it's untitled, but it is addressed to the reader. <clears throat> Stay strong through your pain, grow flowers from it. You have helped me grow flowers out of mine. So bloom beautifully, dangerously, loudly, bloom softly, however you need, just bloom. And that's it. It's, it's a gorgeous poem. 
the entire book is full of gorgeous poems, so I would highly recommend you pick up Milk and Honey um, by Ruby Cower. Um, and the last one is less of a poem, more of like a spoken word. Uh, it came off of a blog, I think. Um, but the book it's from is Zeus Grant's Stupid Wishes, A No-Bullshit Guide to World Mythology by Corey O'Brien. And uh, I know that there's an American history book that uh, he wrote that's also similar to this, but it's, it's much more like, if you were going to try and talk about mythology, how would you describe it? Um, this is from the uh, Hindu mythology section. And so here we go. Uh, the title of this is The Hindus Like to Chop Dudes Up. Here we go. So back in the days before there was stuff and things, there was a dude. Just this one dude, as far as the eye could see, spanning the entire breadth of the universe, plus like 10 extra feet for good measure. His name was the dude. But not the dude from the Big Lebowski. This is a significantly bigger Lebowski we are talking about here. This is a Lebowski as big as, as the entirety of creation. He is so big that he exists at all times, both before and after his birth, and like a quarter of his body is made up of all the animals ever, and the other three-fourths is all the gods, and he actually gives birth to a dude named Verge, who then gives birth to him. What? So obviously the gods get tired of trying to conceptualize this universal dude, and they're like, screw this, let's sacrifice him. So they tie him down and cut him up, and just start flinging pieces of his body absolutely everywhere and all the giblets start turning into things like all the tasty clarified butter they boil off him turns into animals even though i thought animals were already a quarter of his body uh i guess a quarter of his body was butter fatty anyway the gods are pretty much making up ceremonies as they go along so those kind of get written down and preserved for all eternity also i got it handed to these gods it takes some serious effort read cojones to kill and butcher something that is 75% composed of you. But anyway, his mouths become priests, and his arms become nobles, and his thighs become the general rabble, and his feet become the slaves. His brain turns into the moon, and his eyeballs the sun, and the sky comes out of his ears, and the ground forms under his, peasants, under his peasant feet, and the gods make sure to start a whole assload of fires, because if you're going to butcher the universe, it might as well also be on fire. And those fires turn into the ideal social order somehow. No one mentions what happens to the dude's dong or his chest, actually. My guess is that some creeper god stole that shit and built himself a pan-galactic real doll. Uh, so the moral of the story is, next time you are getting sexed up, just remember that both of you and that both you and your honey are made out of the same dude. So basically, everybody is gay. And that's it. So, <laughs> um, uh, I, I love that book. Uh, Zeus Grant's Stupid Wishes. It's it's a fun one to read out loud with your friends because yeah, it gets kind of ridiculous and some of them are pretty freaking long and are, again, hilarious. So hopefully that's a good one to go out on. It, it could hopefully make you smile. Um, that's If that happens, that's all I ask for. Um, I'm not expecting much more. Uh, so yeah. Uh, take care of each other. Be excellent to each other. Like uh, Bill and Ted say, or, you know, Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. Uh, that's the best we can do right now, because we need to prep for the fight ahead. Um, and if you happen to be in Seattle on January 21st at the uh, Women's March, uh, I will be out there too. Uh, look me up on Twitter at darling uh, underscore Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y. You can also go to uh, That Girl with the Curls um, on SoundCloud. You can go to themaniacalgeek.com, which you can also get to the podcast there. 
uh, on iTunes as well. And there's a Facebook page that is for both Maniacal Geek and That Girl with the Curls. Uh, you can find stuff there. But uh, yeah, hopefully this brought you something. Um, it's all I can hope for at this point. So be good, be safe, be kind, be excellent to each other.